Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. The Gospel reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. While while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, an enemy has done this. The slave said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, no, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house. And the disciples approached him saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned into the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. So I want to offer a couple of life situations. One, uh, a few years ago, there was a rally, if you want to call it that. And uh, these were people, primarily men, who were angry. And they were carrying flags, like Confederate flags and swastikas, and they were chanting slogans that anti-Semitic and other type of slogans. And when you see something like that, you just have to go, God, where are you? Where are you? And how do we respond? What do we do? There are not nice, easy answers for that, right? Recently, just this past week, a state changed its curriculum for education uh, so that it would now be required to teach that, and this is the the terminology, 
that slaves personally benefited from enslavement. You know, besides the fact that that contradicts the very definition of slavery, why is it so difficult to just say slavery is evil? You know, like, why are we spinning this? I don't know. But again, it's like, God, where are you? What do we do in the midst of this? Because that's not an easy situation. Again, and you, oftentimes we feel helpless in that. Or maybe a more individual example, you may be in a group of people and somebody starts saying things that are offensive, dehumanizing, just a- attacking, and it probably impacts somebody in that group. And after you get over the shock, you say, God, what, what, what do I do with that? I'm sure we've had, a, we could go on and on with a whole list of a variety of different things, right? That we have encountered things that are, are difficult, right? And oftentimes we start thinking, well, what, what are we gonna do? What's our response? Do we, do we yell back? Do we, maybe in some situations, I know I've had this where I wanna like, in my mind, I have not done this, but in my mind, I just wanna slap somebody, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Like slap some sense and like, what are you doing? Bam, right? And you don't do that because you know, that's not gonna turn out well, right? <laughs> but how do we respond to this, right? It's really easy to say, oh, we need to be in a nice calm tone and with intentionality and all, that's great, and we're human, right? Oftentimes we're left with very unsatisfactory ideas. And we just feel hurt, or we feel hurt for someone else who we care about, maybe not even know, but we're just like, man, this is crazy. There's this this, um, theological term called theodicy big, right? People go to seminary to learn these big terms. Uh, Theodicy, is anybody familiar with that term? No? All right, that's fine. Theodicy is this long-term study about what do you do with the problem of evil in the world? If God is good, why does evil exist? These are questions that philosophers and theologians and thinkers and I'm sure we've, without realizing it, we've had the- theodicy questions. If God is good, why does this happen? Right? And there is not a good answer. This is why it's been debated for centuries. There is not a good answer to this. Why? If God is good, then why does evil exist? I mean, I have my own answer. It's unsatisfactory, but it's just a way that I can deal with it. God is love. And so love does not force, right? First Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind. So love does not force itself in control, right? And so that also means that there's free will. And so some people are going to reject that love and that invitation. God is invitational and some people are gonna reject that. And God is so loving that God will give people what they want, which is a rejection and separation from God. Is that a satisfactory answer? No, (laughs) it's not, right? It doesn't cover everything. It's got holes in it. 
I acknowledge that, I recognize that, this is why this has been debated for so long, and it's just my way of trying to make sense of why bad things happen, why evil happens, and why some, for some people the cruelty is the point. How, I, I cannot wrap my brain around that, and I gotta come up with something. I gotta have something, right? When we take a look at our gospel reading today, Jesus tells this parable. This is the second parable of this agricultural theme that he's gone with, with seeds and wheat and weeds and all those type of things, right? You remember last week it was the sower of the seeds and it was just sowing it out and sometimes it was rocky ground and sometimes it was weeds and sometimes it was, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. And those are kind of passive type of things. Today it's the active, intentional right? And, and Jesus is talking about, he uses this parable about this field, and uh, the farmer has planted this, uh, this harvest, the seeds with the wheat, and at nighttime, thieves come in, right? They come in and they sow seeds of weeds in there, right? And, uh, and so then they, they grow up, and oh my gosh, the servants, the slaves of the, of the farmer say, do you want us to pull these out? And the farmer says, no, let them grow together. We'll harvest them at the end, right? So what is this really about, is, is the idea. A couple of things about this. Jesus is acknowledging that evil exists in the world. He's not hiding. He's not pretending that it doesn't exist. It exists. Why? Because humanity has been dealing with this forever. This is, a, this, is a, this is a part of reality that not only do we live in, but it was in Jesus' time, it was before Jesus' time, it will be after our time as well. This is a part of the human experience and reality, that there is evil in the world. And Jesus is acknowledging that in this parable. He doesn't want to hide that. He doesn't want to, you know, oh, it's all unicorns and happy, happy. No, this is real. This is real, right? These are people that he's talking to who are living under the Roman occupation. They, they know evil. They know very well. And a corrupt leadership in the temple. The leaders of the temple got their positions because they made a deal with, with the Roman Empire. So there's all this going on, right? So humanity hasn't changed, and it won't. And for some people, there's this idea that the cruelty is the point, which is so disturbing, right? And so evil exists in the world. So there's three different characters in this parable that I want to I talk very briefly about. There's the thieves that are in there, right? And they come at night under, under the cloud of darkness, Right? And they're sowing seeds of weeds. Right? What is their intent? What do you think? If, if you're going to do that, put yourself in the place of the thieves, and you're going to some farmer's field that you, you know this person, and you want to cause some trouble, and you're sowing seeds, what do you think the intent of that is? Go ahead. Just, just ruin the farmer. Ruin it. Right. Ruin the farmer and the crop, and there's failure. It's destruction. 
right? It's destruction. The thieves have this goal in mind, the end. And in reality, what they live by is a motto called the ends justify the means. They don't care how the crop gets destroyed. All they care about is the ends. And so they will do any means they can to do that. Second, you have the servants who, remember, they go and the, the, the crops start to grow up and they go to the farmer, hey, do you want us to pull these weeds? If they pull the weeds that are next to the wheat, what's going to happen to the wheat? It's going to be pulled out before it's time, right? Isn't that what the thieves wanted? Right? They want destruction. And so without realizing it, the servants are right in line with what the thieves were doing. And this kind of speaks to the idea that, um, you know, if we take on the methods of evil, we become evil ourselves. Without even realizing it. Because we're combating against something really bad. But if we take the same methods, we've become the thing that we don't like. And we're helping to accomplish what it is that we really don't want to accomplish. And then there's the farmer. The farmer doesn't ignore the weeds. He doesn't ignore the fact that this is going on. He doesn't pretend that it doesn't exist. But he's living a different way. And his summation could be the means are just as important as the ends. This is the summary of what Christianity is about. We don't believe that the ends justify the means. We believe that the means are as important as the ends. Early Christianity was called the way. The way. That's the means, right? Everything that Jesus preaches is about the means. And yes, there's talk about the end as well, but the means matter. How we live, how we treat each other, how we live in community, they matter. It matters, right? It matters, all of those things. This is ultimately about, we're called to be disciples. We're called to follow Jesus, right? Not to be judges. We don't know how things are going to turn out. And it's, it can be really satisfying to be condemning and all those type of things. There's plenty of churches out there that, Lord help them, are real easy to come out with condemnation, right? Because the focus is on being right, whatever, however you're going to define that, as opposed to seeing people. And people are complicated and they're messy, right? And people are broken and they need healing, we need to mourn and we need forgiveness and all these type of things, right? So a common interpretation of this is about the, the field being the world. This is what we heard Jesus say. And I would also say the field is us individually as well. We have wheat and we have weeds within us. Luther called that being a saint and sinner at the same time. Right? And weeds have been sown into us, right? And we have wheat within us. And both of these grow 
And thankfully, we're not wheat and weeds, literally. This is a metaphor, right? People can also change. This is why we should be really glad that God doesn't separate the wheat and the weeds until the harvest, because otherwise we'd all be screwed, <laughs> is, is the idea, right? We would all be plucked out and thrown out and all this type of stuff, right? But thankfully, God allows it to grow together because we can change. Wheat, in the literal sense, can't change, and weeds can't change, but we can, people can, whether it's ourselves or other people or communities can. I want to share with you two examples of this. Um, in, in your hymn, hymnal, there's a, a song, Amazing Grace. I don't know if you're familiar with the background story of this, really simple. This is written in the uh, like late 1700s, early 1800s, and the guy, John Newton, was the, the, uh, the author of this song. And John had a terrible life growing up, and he ends up being on a slave boat to Africa. And he becomes a slave trader, taking people from Africa to North America and enslaving people. And he has this one trip, and they're almost shipwrecked, and things start to change. And he continues on, he becomes the captain of a ship, a slave trading ship, and something happens to him in one of these trips. And he breaks down and he realizes, I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore. And he changes his whole life. He becomes an Anglican priest and he becomes an abolitionist who becomes one of the the folks who ends up pushing to have slavery eliminated in the British Empire in the early 1800s. That's a serious change. And he writes the song Amazing Grace about that experience of him being on a ship and it almost being shipwrecked. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And it's not just about the ship, it's about him. From weeds to wheat. A more contemporary example, I saw this probably a couple months ago. There's a guy, Daryl Davis. I don't know if any of you are familiar with him. He's a famous musician, like blues and, and, and boogie-woogie type of, of music. Piano uh, is what he plays. And he told the story of he was playing in a club, and he was the only black individual in the club. And uh, set went great and everything. And this guy comes up to him afterwards, white guy, and says, I've never seen, I've never heard a black guy play music like this before. And he was kind of like, well, I've played with Chuck Berry. I've played, like, this is part of our culture. And so the guy invites Daryl to come and have a drink with him at, at his table. And so he does. And so he takes a sip. And he asks the obvious question, why have you never seen a black guy play like this before? And the guy says, well, I'm a member of the KKK. Daryl has to make a decision in that time. How's he, what's he gonna do, right? And he decides, I'm gonna be inquisitive. I'm not gonna try and change this guy, I'm just curious. And so he asks him questions. And this happens over the course of the night, ends the night and he thinks, well, that was a weird, that was weird. <laughs> and thankfully I got out safe. The next night, He's playing another set, 
same guy is there, only brought friends. Ooh. I don't know how this is going to work out. They invite him to come. They say, that's incredible. This is the best music we've ever heard. Okay. And so he starts asking them questions about what they believe about things, just inquisitive. And over the course of time, he develops relationships. These are all KKK members. He develops relationships with them. And what happens, the story is, he does this over and over again. And it, because of him, he says, I never went into any of these with the idea of trying to change anybody. I just wanted them, I wanted to see their humanity, even though they hated my very existence. And he said, as a result of this, 25 members of the KKK have disavowed everything it stands for, have left, and in fact, some of them have given him their robes, which is incredible. That's like an act of surrender. It's incredible. Now, he gets criticism for this approach, but this is what he is called to do. This is what he has been called how to act in this way and he found wheat in people who looked like it's all weeds. And Jesus used him to set people free. Now, let me be clear, I don't recommend. <laughs> it's dangerous, it's dangerous, right? But I think all of us are called in some way to try and see the wheat because we need to see it in ourselves Where's the wheat in us and where are the weeds? So we're aware of those things. This is why we do confession and forgiveness at the beginning. It's to confess the weeds that we have. It's to confess the weeds of the world. This is why we offer up prayers. And it's also why we do communion in order to receive that nourishment for the wheat that is within us. The wheat that we so desperately need to be reminded of in our lives, in our relationships, in our communities, when oftentimes we just see weeds and we're left wondering, what are you doing, God? Reality is God has been active the whole time. God is there in the midst of the weeds, not pulling and destroying, but nurturing the wheat. And it's patient, and it's slow. This is how God operates, and it doesn't make sense, and it's not satisfactory, and we don't have to make sense of it. This is the idea of trust. As Paul says at the end, hope is not hope if you can see it. Right? This is what we trust. This is what we hope for. This is how we're called to live. Thanks be to God. Thank you again for listening to the Sermon Podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. 
You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you and I pray that you have a blessed week.